And it's a big hello to the floral apron. Hello, Kate. Good morning. Good morning. Do you know what? I'm really excited by this. Pressure cookers, Kate. Oh, they're the they're the new black, Jeff. They're the new. They're funny things, aren't they? I mean, I, I've never cooked with a, in a with a pressure cooker, but I and I hope people will tell us these stories if it's true. They explode, don't they? Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm led to believe that they were once sort of aluminium time bombs sitting on the old metal <laughs> stoves, just sort of sitting there waiting, waiting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some terrific stories of them exploding. And I was quite heartened with that Suzanne Gibbs has, has written a new book on pressure cooking. And in her introduction, um, Margaret Fulton is her mother. She wrote about the time that they went to Kosciuszko for a, a winter's, you know, winter's weekend. And the pressure cooker exploded. So I think if Margaret Fulton's 1960s pressure cookers were exploding, what hope for us mere mortals? Now, Jeff? this is because I think what we'll do with this is we'll deal with people's fears of the pressure cooker and then we'll talk about why it's a, a wonderful tool in the kitchen today, okay? one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Have you had a pressure cooker moment? And is it the kind of thing where the lid goes off and, and bits of stuff fall on your head? Well, I think the other thing that we very we do need to get out of this segment is we need to ease people into realising that the, the new pressure cooker, this gleaming, gorgeous thing that it, I've got gorgeous. next, isn't it magnificent? They're called second generation oh, pressure yes. cookers. Oh, yes. Look, it's this nothing the like the old gen. This is not like going to Cape Canaveral and watching the rocket fall over. No. Um, this is, they've really taken off. Um, we're about to get a story from Terry already, which is brilliant. Um, this via text, my then yet inexperienced wife tried to pressure cook a quick split pea soup. Oh, bless. Um, the peas hit the fan, the ceiling, the walls. Dinner was pea scrapings. Lovely. Um, so where does it come from? Where does the idea come from? And, and when did it arrive in this country, do you reckon, Kate? Well, see, the thing that's very interesting is the, the French. We, um, we do love to copy a bit of a food fad yeah. from the French. The French have been onto the pressure cookers the whole time. While they've sort of come in, into fashion and out of fashion in Australia, the, those French housewives have been drinking their champagne, munching their cheese and using their pressure cookers the whole whole time through. They started in, in France in the sort of 1860s and it was all to do with canning and preserving foods. Yeah. It was all this whole idea of, of trying to condense in as much goodness as, as you could. It, it was then sort of 1930s in, in America that it, it first got taken to a, a trade fair and that was when it started getting into the, the domestic use. So then by sort of your 1950s, particularly on, in the Australian cooking scene, they flooded the market and they were really very popular because they, they are very economical, they yeah. are very time-saving and, and you can do an amazing amount of, of things with them, you know, for your stocks and your braises and your, your slow cuts. So these were all sort of meals that were very big in 1950. You know, your corned beef, Jeff. Now, yeah. I'll go here if we don't get a corned beef caller today. But it was it was just the sort of food that people were eating. They were very popular. And so consequently, pressure cookers flooded the market. And when something like that floods the market, the sort of quality drops a little bit, you know. <laughs> the, the 1950s housewife was after economy. So they were these sort of aluminium time bombs that, that weren't as... Tell us how they work. What's the ba what's the scientific principle behind them? Not not being known for my scientific prowess. Which means you can tell me almost anything. <laughs> absolutely, though. absolutely. The, the, the idea of them is is that it's it's a not a vacuum because it's not a perfect vacuum. No, I'm trying to Jeff is now trying to open <laughs> the pressure to cooker and is unable to, which takes us to this very nice safety feature that on, on new pressure cookers you cannot open them unless the seal is... Go on. Give, She's given me the pass it over. Yes. <laughs> right. That, that, they basically work on to, to use a pressure cooker. What you have to do is you 
you need to use a little bit less li- liquid because it keeps it all stuck course, in, yeah. which again is where it's very healthy. And in this sort of health conscious, time conscious sort of era, we, we do need to be able to have things that where the, the nu- nutrients are all nicely condensed in. Hmm. So you bits and bobs. Ah, see it. Ah, yes. there we are. Break the seal. Yeah. You, bit, you break the seal. Your bits and bobs go in with a little bit less, less, less liquids. Then you've got to seal it properly. Now, this was one of my... I had some highs, I had some lows over the weekends with the fresh cooks. One of the lows came when I didn't have it sealed correctly. Right. You seal it off and then you're, you're in business. High, high heat. You've got to go really quick, quick high heat. Right. Zing it up to, to build your, your pressure in there. Then you start getting through this little gasket here. Yes. Glorious amounts of steam yes. whizzing out. And you sort of think, oh, this is why it's called pressure cooking, you know, because it's really very sort of kids, visual. And you think, kids oh. get on board and we can go for a ride. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Then you lock it off to, to keep that pressure in. And w- what it actually does is it changes your boiling temperature from normally your boiling temperature is 100. You're actually cooking at a bo- with a boiling temperature of 120, 125. So it dramatically reduces your cooking time because it's a, it's a much higher and more intense heat. Okay. What do you cook with it? Because because on that principle, I wonder, aren't there times you just cook things to mush in a in a minute? Yes. Again, this is where we combine one of my highs with one of my lows from yes. the pressure cooker on the weekend. I did a um a, a, a sort of stew with a little bit of red wine and a bit of orange rind. Really rather nice it was. But I um I left it in there too long because of course then to undo it all you've got to leave the pressure to release. Right. Now there's all of these ways that you can do it a little quicker. It's like danger incorporated. It, it was a little bit. Look, it was it was slightly. It was fun but a bit scary. It was, but you know what? The end results. Now the stock that I made in it was particularly terrific because the 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 chicken bones broke down and you got that beautiful sort of viscous golden, yeah. really beautiful stock. You know, and I think for things like stock, it was absolutely fantastic. Whereas I did. Feel that my casserole was a little on the overdone side. Okay, we're going to talk about some some recipes and things, but we've got some people lined up with their stories. Hello, Terry. Hi, g'day, Jeff. How are 1950s, I well. Uh, Terry, I'm tell pressure cooker. Yeah, tell us <laughs> what did the pressure cooker? When I say pressure cooker to you, uh, do you lick your lips or want to scream? No, I do lick my lips because we had the best stews in the world. They they came out of these. Uh, the timber. Mum used to cook on the old stove. And, and we had the old pressure cooker, can I say the name of them? The Namco's. Yes. Namco pressure. And uh, and they had the, uh, the the pressure thing that was put on the top, and then they had a little black hole, which was a valve, right? And if it got over overheated or over overpressured, this thing would blow out. And uh, on this particular occasion, Mum told me to look after it and make sure that it didn't uh, overheat. Of course, me being a boy at that stage, I thought, oh, well, yeah, I'll be right. So Go and do something push, else? It went everywhere. Absolutely Marvelous. everywhere. It was absolutely brilliant. But that wasn't the only time it happened, but I can remember that one distinct, distinctly. But the old pressure cooker were great, great things. And you're right about them, uh, you know, saving money and time and all that, because that's exactly what the housewife of that era did. Hey, Terry, did you get into any trouble at all when your mum came back and said, I thought I asked you to mind the pressure cooker? Yeah, Mum used to have a switch. We had a privet bush outside, and she used to hide it behind the canisters. You know, we're all lined up on the bench. And uh, she says, go and get me the switch, Terence, because that's exactly what you need. <laughs> Terence, thank you. Um, Linda, good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Jeff, and good morning to your guests. How are you? Good morning. I'm a pressure cooker user from way back, and I think I was given my first pressure cooker either for a wedding present or an engagement present, but it was one of those old aluminiums where you had to twist the lid to put it in. 
But as a young mum in the 1970s, the clinic sister used to come and visit us and I had a newborn baby and um, conveniently set a pot of soup in the pressure cooker on the stove and went off um, as the clinic sister knocked on the door, went off and had the baby weighed and, of course, I'd forgotten to put the weight on top. Oh, 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 Linda, that's a, that's a terrific day. You get carted off to welfare at the end of it. Oh, Jeff, look, I'm, I'm still an ardent pressure cooker user. I have used a, ca- a pressure cooker on a campfire. I've used a pressure cooker for cooking the horse's barley when we had horses in work because it was a very quick way of doing it. You yeah. could have, when you were out bush, you could have, um, you know, hard feed softened for, for, you know, for the working horses within a half an hour. You know, you put three cups of barley in, three cups of water, and then it's cooked. And, you know, as I speak now, I made a big pot of um, pea soup for Easter. I had the ham bone from Christmas frozen, pulled it out on on Thursday and thought, well, we need something for the weekend because I'm busy moving house. And I have this fantastic, you know, pot of pea soup in my fridge, which, you know, I dole out two cups for me and two cups and reheat it. And there you go, instant meal. Linda, that's fantastic. Lovely to hear from you today. What what do you think it's best... F- when, when you talked, um, Kate, about the range of things that we pressure cook, desserts... Well, I- I didn't actually use it for desserts over the weekend. The, the The thing that I loved with it was, as I said, the stock, because I'm a complete yeah. convert to homemade stock. You know, yeah. once once you've started using a bit of homemade stock, it's... You're not going to go for that salty commercial variety. You sort of can't go back. So my freezer is now at capacity mode for stock, because that was where it was very beautiful. And I was interested with the lady saying about the horse feed. I didn't use any for horse feed over the weekend, but my young daughter's quite partial to a chickpea. Yeah. And I, um, I did a whole packet of, of chickpeas, which... Really, when you look at a whole packet in, in the supermarket of chickpeas, it yeah. doesn't look like much. But, gee, when you cook a whole packet of chickpeas, it's an awful it's lot, lot of chickpeas. It's a lot of chickpeas, <laughs> It's a lot of chickpeas. And it, it was remarkable because I didn't have to soak them. And it, they cooked in 30 minutes. So in 30 minutes, I've, I've now got a you know, good few months' supply of chickpeas ready to go. Hello, Daphne. Hello, everyone. Um, I have used a pressure cooker, but not for many, many years. But when you're on your own you know, having to cook just for yourself, you don't use them. And I think the, um, the seal went and I had trouble getting one for it. But my mother used to use it a lot for cooking corned beef. As And one of her favourite recipes was um, getting, uh, you know, I think it was mutton chops, those that need extra cooking. Yes. And she put a, a layer of them on the bottom, then a, a layer of... Um, Sliced potato and uh, onion, yes. season it, and then repeat that until she got towards the top when the last lot was uh, the veggies, and then she'd cook them. Well, I couldn't tell you how for how long now, and she'd have like peas or beans or something else there and put that, and that was a lovely meal. I was going to say, Daphne, all these years later, and as we get closer to midday today, can you almost smell it today? Yes, I, I can almost taste it too. Great to hear from you, Daphne. Is that the thing that it was quite good for making a, a an ordinary piece of meat taste a bit better? It was. It was. And again, I think that's why it was really huge in, in the 1950s. And you know what? I think that's why it can be really huge in, in the yeah. modern setting. 
The, another thing that Daphne raised there too, one of the um, little troubleshooting, one of the golden rules of pressure cooking, and yes. Jeff, there are, there are many golden rules of pressure <laughs> cooking, is that you don't want to overfill your pan because you, you want to leave enough room for that sort of pressure and that yeah. air to, to build up. And if you overfill your pan, and again, this is where some explosions may well have happened, you can get all manner of clogging up in, in your... Um, in your valves, and we don't want clogged valves. We don't want clogged valves. I think we're going to hear from uh, Malcolm in a few moments because uh, uh, Malcolm's story is to do with the day it rains soup, and I think it might be one of those rather sorry tales. But let's go to Carolyn first. Hi, Carolyn. Hi there. What, is, what have you got for us, Carolyn? Um, I grew up with my mum using the pressure cooker, uh, as in the 50s and that, with the best rutile stews, corned beef and everything else. Oh, rutile stews? Yes, but when um, later on, when um, I went sailing with my partner around Australia, I took her old pressure cooker, which she gave me, and it was absolutely brilliant because it, it was on a gimbaled stove and it had a lid and it never um, leaked out while you were rocking and rolling on the ocean. What an idea. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> that was great. Carolyn, thank you very much. It sounds like an, a very, very sensible thing. One three hundred triple two seven twenty. If you've got a if you've got a little bit of advice with a pressure cooker story or something that a recipe that really worked, let us know. Um it was the same as a crock pot. Was there any difference no. between the, the crock pot of the nineteen seventies that I knew of as the, you know, burnt orange? Yes, yes. Look, I believe pressure cookers did come in the burnt orange as well. The the difference with a, a crock pot is that's your very slow cook. That's you sort of put it all it's on. It's got a big difference really, isn't it? Yes. One very fast, one very slow. <laughs> but you, you get the same result. See, I I love a Crockpot, and I love that whole idea of putting it on in the morning and sort of yes. going off about your business throughout the day and giving it eight hours at a very slow. You get that beautiful stringy yeah. meat, and you get that meat that's really broken, broken yeah. down. The the opposite is with the pressure cooker. You know, that's a very sort of slow. That's luxurious a very important kind of, fundamental I've learnt. I could have got that very wrong, I think, Kate. Absolutely. Well, th- th- this is the thing. You know, they're they're the complete opposites. You get that lovely stringy meat, but you get it in half an hour in this. But you do have to sort of be a little more on the ball in that half an hour, whereas when it's on the crock pot, you can do as one wishes. Now, I can understand under pressure that meat will soften and tenderise, but if you put potatoes in at the same time, how do you prevent them from turning to mush at the same time? No, well, you, you can um, you can break the seal on it as, as okay. you're going. You can sort of let the – once uh, your uh, meat's done, you can sort of break it, the seal, open it up, pop your, your green veggies in and just give them a, a minute or two. Um, look, I mean, I, I actually have to say that after having a pressure cooker for the weekend, and I think perhaps it was to do with the fact it was Easter, we were in quite a bit, yeah. I used it an extraordinary amount. I actually got a great deal of pleasure from it, which is a <laughs> – Remarkable things. <laughs> Kate Nelson, we're now going to hear from Malcolm and a story. It's almost like one of those biblical stories. The day it rained soup. Hello, Malcolm. Hello, Jeff. How are you, Kate? Good morning. Um, I had the wonderful experience as a kid. <clears throat> I was about uh, ten or twelve years old. Mum was cooking soup on a pressure cooker. You know how the little the little valve at the top bubbles up and down and sort of little jumps up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mum's asked me to release the release the steam pressure. So, like, what we used to do is put a couple of tines of the fork under the under the thing and sort of lift it back so that the, the steam had escaped. Unfortunately, this day I've actually lifted the the whole uh, valve straight off the top, and um, <laughs> as you can imagine, it's just gone straight up. A bit volcanic, Malcolm. Oh man, it was just unbelievable. It's gone straight up, hit the roof, and it's just spread all over the roof. And there was that much soup in there and that much pressure that all of a sudden it was raining soup. It, in the kitchen, and Mum was not impressed. Uh, no, Malcolm, thank you. I'm I'm worried about people suffering dreadful burns. Is the kind of thing you might suffer 
dreadful burns if there's a little leak of that steam and pressure? Or are these pretty well sealed? I think days? that I think that the modern ones, and as we were saying before, the French housewives have been on this bandwagon for for a long time, you know. And there's a certain group of people that pressure cookers have, have never gone out of fashion for. And I think in in that time, you know, they've they've really evolved. And I think the second generation pressure cooker, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> These glorious, gleaming glorious, things gleaming. Are, are actually are very safe. You well, know? well, Rosemary has just uh, pointed uh, out a very good question. Are we encouraging people to use pressure cookers or are we warning them off? Um, the modern incarnation of it looks... Oh, look, I think I'm actually a, a very big tick tick for pressure cookers. I, um, I, I do concede that they've had maybe a little bit of a, a wobbly future. And I, I do also think another thing that, um, that is very interesting, here in, in Perth, we do have a, a shop that is purely dedicated to seals and gaskets yeah, and, yeah. and sort of, you know, a little bit of troubleshooting on, on your pressure cooker. So I think if you've got one lurking up the back of the cupboard, Try I out. think, oh, yes, rebirth the pressure cooker. Give having, it a go. Having said that, Ryan, hello. G'day, Jeff. How are you? Good, thanks. How did Mum go with her pressure cooker? Yeah, well, she used to use it quite a lot, um, doing pea soups and that sort of stuff. And then uh, one year, somehow, it ended up in the back of the cupboard, and it got pulled out the following, the next year for winter, and uh, opened up, and the contents of it just about killed us all. Oh. So it, uh, it got buried in the backyard. Um, and why did, do you think today that the contents nearly killed you, Ryan? Oh, well, they probably weren't that flash to begin with. And uh, after a year in the pressure cooker, I think they'd created their own little environment, really. Yes, a little, yes. Bit, of, a little bit of pea soup fermentation had gone on. Yeah. Ra- yeah. Ryan, thank you. I think we need Robert to tell a much much tastier story. Hello, Robert. Uh, hello, Jeff. Uh, yeah, just that story about the uh, pressure cooker going off, a lot of young men probably stopped the idea of becoming a train driver when they grew up because they were scared by their mum's pressure cooker. I think that's true. And I, well, I'm also rather worried that mum's... Uh, put some responsibility on young men to watch the pressure cooker. And with that... a fork. With I no... quite liked the fellow that had a fork. With no training. No, <laughs> no. training. Um, uh, yeah, well... well, rabbit. Rabbit, carrots and peas is what my mum used to cook in it. Yes. Uh, quite often on a Tuesday night. It might have been Dad going to the pub on a Monday night. I don't know. But uh, she it always came out beautiful. And I always used to associate if you're eating uh, rabbit, you better eat some carrot with it. Absolutely. So um, the other thing was it always made the corned silver side tender. Oh, I've, never, I knew I've that, never had anywhere else. I knew that this topic would bring up the, the corned beef enthusiasts. Yeah, with a beautiful cream uh, white sauce. Yeah, Robert, it's funny. You know, I still pull a bit of a face when I think of silver side and that white sauce because we used to have it too. Yeah. And maybe I'd love it today. I'd love it. I'd love any meal that was cooked by someone else today. You would, but also the sandwich. The, the, a good corned oh, beef yeah. sandwich is the way of the future, Jeff. That's true. Uh, Robert, thank you for your call. I like this, though. Um, Gav says, my mum used to pressure cook ox tongue. Um, can well, see, else... again, the tongue is a cut of meat that needs a little bit of special care. Needs a bit of work. Needs a bit of work. Um, uh, can we pressure cook the dockers? Uh, yes, I think you find that the dockers... Uh, can be cooked in degrees of about yes. oh, 20, 28 degrees, usually does it. And Pam says, I've just assigned my 1950s aluminium Namco to heaven. I've not used it for ages. As solid hot plates are too hard to adjust. Any ideas? Read this. Yes, you know what? I think she needs one of these gleaming gleaming beauties here. I think shop around for a new pressure cooker because I, I do think that the, the new ones, I, I've got to say that when I was cooking with it on the weekend, hmm. I never felt scared of what was going to happen. You know, I, I, and, and that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Uh, they, it is uh, a good thing. <laughs> it certainly looks 
completely robust. Doesn't it? Although it looks a little bit like the North Korean space program, I have to say. It you does. Know, it, you, don't, yes. you don't think it will take off, but it might. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, lovely as ever to have you Always in here. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon. Kate Nelson is our floral apron. Bernadette, hello to you. Hello, Jeff. I've finally worked out now why my dad used to sit in front of the stove, like just sort of 50 centimetres away, pull up a, a dining room chair and sit there and watch the pressure cooker. Just in case just, it took off? Just in case it took off. Well, it's a good thing. It's a quick cook, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if the it was... soup's hit the fan. <laughs> exactly. My dad, once we got a pressure cooker, my dad turned into this pumpkin soup man. He just yeah. loved making pumpkin soup. It's pretty much all he made, I think. Maybe we need to focus next time, Kate, on your favourite kitchen instrument or yes. tool. That oh, would, I love a gadget. That would be a good one because some people were very fond. You know, you learn the school skill of something that cuts slices and julienne. So that's, <laughs> yes. so that's all you ever produce. Uh, what's coming up? so true, actually. I remember when that entered the kitchen as well. Yes. Oh, it was an exciting time in the young household. <laughs> Speaking of exciting times, it's Tuesday, so it's travel, and uh, we're, getting, we're nuding up. We're going to a nudist resort good. in travel today. Good. for some